Well, uh, hello there. Good afternoon this time. Good afternoon. Welcome to the in-between. Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually recording this a little bit later than normal because we don't have Chris with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris is, uh, has, is and has been um, in the hospital with his daughter um, recently, and um, they are getting her checked out for uh, some stuff and, and making sure that she's okay. And um, so we can be praying for, for Ellie, mm-hmm. um, one of his daughters. For and Ellie, yeah. One of those good yet hard of there's nothing clearly and identifiably right. like this is what's terribly wrong, right? which is good. Yes. But at the same time, answers sometimes are <laughs> like, well, yeah. But but what? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be praying for her um, and, and for them as they, as they seek uh, wisdom and uh, for, for God to, to show them what, what the next step is um, inside of this saga. Um, mm-hmm. But man, it just, the hits just keep on coming this year. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing after another, it always feels like. So, um, but anyway, it's just me and Paul today. And so we're going to talk about whatever we want. <laughs> Our boss is gone. So. Our boss is gone. So, you know, we just talk about one wheels or how I wish I had a motorcycle or something like that. No. Yeah. We're not going to do that. But we are, uh, so um, this Sunday uh, is is a special Sunday. Mm-hmm. This Sunday is is Father's Day. So, you know, happy Father's Day, Paul. Hey, thanks. I had forgotten until we were starting this conversation. <laughs> and you said, hey, hey remember, it's Father's, it's Father's Day. Day. Yeah, it's no, it's... Indeed, I didn't. It's so funny because, you know, we make such a big deal about uh, Mother's Day and making sure that right. we do Mother's Day well in the church and stuff like that and celebrating mothers and telling mothers how much we love them. And Father's Day is normally more like, hey, dude, you're really messing this up. So it's time to, you know, actually act like Jesus. You remember what your call is, right, as a father? Yeah. Is to, you know, lay down your life for your family. You should do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were we were actually talking about a little bit um, about how, how intimidating the role of father is. Yeah, daunting. Daunting. It's, it is not an easy thing to do. Right. And we've, we defined, well, Chris defined in his Mother's Day sermon is what a father is as well by right. talking about a mother is a mother to the extent that they exemplify the maternal traits of God. And, mm. and so a father would be the same thing to the extent that it, that a man would exemplify the paternal states, uh, or roles of God, then they are a father. Right. That's biologically physically, spiritually, all those things. Yeah, neither one of us are biological dads. Yeah, but both of us are dads through both adoption. Both of us are dads yeah. through adoption, yeah. um, which is just, I mean, you know, that's another one of those, li- life does not work out the way that you think it's going to mm-hmm. sometimes. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about, we've had a number of conversations between the two of us over the years about, um, you know, how grateful we are for, for the way um, that God chose to make us dads. Yeah. Um, and it's not what we expected, but it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that there's, you know, for our story, um, one of the things that was gracious of the Lord as he walked us through the process of adoption is both Jill and I had actually considered and had really to as much as ways we can make plans, made plans. Um, even before we were during our engagement, before we were married, uh, to grow our family through 
adoption. We mm-hmm. both knew that was something that was on our hearts. And so yeah, we did too. Um, having, and having that as a basis for, you know, when it, when it came time to try to expand our family and we realized then, oh, well, this now is in fact our only option <laughs> for growing a family. Um, we really, we didn't have what I know a lot of people do. And I think it's a real struggle of a lot of people struggle through this idea of adoption as kind of a second best. Yeah. Like they're, well, I can't have the real thing. Right. So let me have this version of that thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I get, I get why that, that would be a notion. Um, and I get, and I understand a lot of even the, you know, excitement that somebody can have towards a plan of, you know, physically birthing even their own children and right. growing their family that way. Um, but I was really glad that we didn't necessarily have to have that. Um, because I think it all the more affirmed to us, the realization that this isn't second best. This no. isn't a, well, now I'm, you know, we're celebrating father's day and I get a little asterisk next to my name. Right. Paul. Asterisk. Father. Father. Ish. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that's not the case. Uh, no. and I would say probably through that, I, and we've talked about this, but we relate to salvation from our heavenly father yeah. now in a whole different way right. than ever before. Because we're not begotten. Mm-hmm. Not, not one of us is begotten. We're adopted. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, yeah, I, I think I did, uh, um, I had a, a period of mourning and I don't know if it, um, I don't know if it was an actual period of mourning or so much as it was like when, when I, you know, we moved through cause in, in the, in the middle of it, I think I was just like, well, this is the next, this is what we do. And once we found this out that we're not able to do this, mm-hmm. this is a, this is the next decision that we need to make and kind of just rolled through it that way. But at some point in that whole thing, I remember sitting down and being like, should I be sad about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to examine the the emotions that I was having, you know, am I frustrated? Am I um, am I sad? Am I like, you know, what what's what's going on? And there was definitely that understanding of this is not second best. Yeah. This is not God withholding um, uh, something from me because I've sinned or because right. I'm um, uh, lesser or anything like that, but but understanding that that he has made me um, to be the father to Maddie and Micah and Cade, mm-hmm. um, and this is how he's going to bring them into my life, um, and and we get to rejoice in the uh, the that that adoption is the gospel, mm-hmm. and see that in a way that uh, my family hadn't. I mean, we. We we joke about adopting other families and other people into our family all the time, right? Um, and and I think we've done that in a very realistic way, though not legally. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have made people part of our family, um, and and they are our family. I've introduced other people as my family that are not blood related to me. Um, we've done that my entire life, but never um, our family hasn't hadn't adopted before we did, mm. um, and. And that was, that was eye opening for sure, to to actually um, be in adoption, um, to actually stand before a judge and say, have them say to me, you know, mm. 
this this child would have will have all the rights and privileges of being your your child and i remember thinking the first time i heard that when i mean we were sitting, standing there with maddie i don't i'd been to adoption ceremonies but you're not like you're just there to support other people right you i i didn't like this the words didn't hit me the same as when you're standing there and they're talking you about under oath yeah i wasn't under oath um and they're talking about your daughter and they you know the I, I actually, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I got offended with the, uh, um, with Maddie's lawyer um, in the midst of it. And I didn't like lash out at her or anything, but at one point she said, you know, right now Maddie's uh, cute and she smiles a lot and she's a uh, sweet little baby. But when she's a teenager and, mm-hmm. you know, having yeah. hormones and stuff like that, are you still going to... Uh, want her to be or I don't know how she says she phrased it in some way that was like you know is this love conditional and I like I remember I think I kept my face pretty cool in the midst but I remember having like rage inside of me that was like this is my daughter Mm -hmm. that you're talking about you you don't (laughs) (laughs) you don't get to you don't get to talk about my daughter that way I mean maybe one day I'm going to be frustrated with her for her the way she's acting towards her mother or whatever, anything right. like that. But she's still my daughter and you don't get to. And I remember thinking like, yeah, this isn't second yeah, best. Yeah, it's not second best. This isn't, this isn't, no. this isn't faux parenting. Yeah. And I think you talking about that, having that emotion or having to process some of that emotion. I think I similarly saw that really from not again, not from within, but from outside when somebody came to me, um, you know, and kind of said, because I, I just have two girls. Yeah, obviously have boys and girl yeah. and, uh, and somebody kind of came to me who knew me and, and, um, and knew my role probably in, in, uh, working, um, in a ministry to young men, to young men and saying like, you know, well, are you kind of sad? You don't have a, a son, you know, and it's kind of that, well, I've never really thought about it. And then really kind of that stopping and that pausing and thinking about it and being like, no, like this is, yeah. if this is what the Lord's given me, then this is. It's pretty great. Yeah. Having girls is pretty cool. And it's pretty awesome to watch you with your little girls. Yeah. And, and again, I'm sure it's not that to say like Um, a boy couldn't be in our future or isn't or any of those things, but that that same processing of, okay, is this something inferior or am I missing out on something? And then just acknowledging, no, this is the good and gracious gift that the Lord has given us. Yeah. And then comes the moment of, and I chose it. Yeah, Uh, that is what that is what uh, you and I share in this is we actually had to choose. Uh, Not everybody is choosing uh, necessarily. Some people are surprised by yeah they are uh, becoming uh, parents, but we made that choice. And and I think again back to that the the idea of a daunting task to say in a moment before God, before my wife, before my family, Mm -hmm. um, to to say yes. I accept the responsibility to exhibit the paternal traits of God for my family. Yeah. Um, Depending on how our kids are doing, though, Lori and I blame the choice of it on each other. (laughs) On each other? This was your choice for this Your son. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. But But yeah, that, that notion of, and again, I remember talking about it with Jill, like ultimately I'm signing up for something I've, well, one, I truly have never signed up before, but it's so unlike most things I've signed up before. Most of the yeah. time when I sign up for, to do something, you know, some, if it's a volunteered task or, you know, we're right. on a, on a 
you know, mission trip to go do, you know, various utility skills. It's been, I'm not going to be the guy who's like, oh yes, sign me up for the, for the health field. I mean, might as well, I guess I could probably do some, you know, right. check out some eyes. Like, no, I don't know anything no, about that. I don't know that. Like you sign up for the things you feel at least like, oh, I have some gifting. Prepared some, for yeah, like I could training. I could accomplish that. I'm not going to say, yes, I'm going to do this acknowledging I can't accomplish it. But yet in some very real sense, I know, like I signed up to be a dad, meaning I signed up to, to learn how failure. to be a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to exhibit all of God's traits right. to my children as God would. Yet yeah. that is the calling that I've accepted as a dad, because right. that is my role. Now, on one hand, that puts me in huge dependence of him. Right. Um, but on the other hand... Which is it, where he wants you. Yeah, which is ultimately, I think, the case is I, I would probably be more erroneous if it was like, oh, well, I'll pick myself up by the bootstraps. I got this. Yeah, I'll nail this God to my children thing. I'll show them how to worship a God properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think actually that's where a lot of dads fail. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you when you read things like, uh, we were looking over them quickly, you know, Psalm 103, compassion from a father to his children um, is supposed to be given as God has compassions for those who fear him. Mm-hmm. Like my compassion for my children is a direct link to God's compassion for us. Yeah. Um, or even kind of, again, when we were talking about roles, this is one of the roles that um, the Lord makes clear. The Lord disciplines those who he loves like mm-hmm. a father to a son he delights in. Yeah. Um, and, and that idea of do I discipline, when I discipline my children, I'm disciplining them as the Lord would of a father who delights in his son. Um, you know, I think we, we oftentimes, you know, hear the the promises you know that they say of proverbs which are really kind of more guiding promises it's not always a direct one for right. one if, if you do this it really means this but right. at the same time there are a guiding principle of it and just even with all of our kids the idea of proverbs 22 training a child in the way that they should go so that they won't depart um, right. proverbs 14 whoever fears the lord has a secure fortress and for their children it will be a refuge you know like these are the tasks that seems so daunting right? Um, and, and are certainly seem so important Yeah, um, that the idea of the salvation of my children has not, I don't hold that as necessarily a responsibility in the sense of I'm yeah, responsible. You're not accomplishing it. Yeah, I can't accomplish it. Um, but it does not mean I don't have some role responsibility, yeah. a role to play. Some sort of thing. In it, yeah. Yeah, I'd, that's that's always one of those hard things. Um, is uh, in in that, I mean, it's it's almost like in my mind, and you know, I don't want to get too controversial here, but like the the Calvinism and Arminianism like debate of like, is God sovereign or do I have free will? And it's like, well, good luck with that mm-hmm. because it it sure seems like the Bible saying both of them are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also one of those things like you're not at all. You cannot accomplish the salvation of your children, right? But, Dad Gummit, like, apparently you're apparently a significant you're, part of it. Yeah, and I definitely, I think, again, back to you know my previous time spending um, uh, in a discipleship program training young men, uh, I, that was just clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really is kind of the sad state of fatherlessness across our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, is even if they have, you know, a dad sleeping in the same houses them exactly yeah this this is absent fathers whether it's physically present but in every other respect absent yeah. sure yeah that this is this is the sad state um that we see when it comes to faith is that there is a picture 
missing. Um, there is a, a, a hurdle that has to be overcome. And I, I mean, again, we worked with young men who had fantastic families and, and moms, single moms who were amazing. And yet right. the struggles to overcome because of one of it, you know, one of those pieces, key pieces in this role and responsibility was missing. Again, doesn't, doesn't undo the amazing work that the Holy Spirit can accomplish oh, yeah. in transformation of any of our lives. No. Um, but it certainly was a different and harder story sure. for a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, I know, I mean, that's, that's just the, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And so we have a, this intense, you know, mm-hmm. uh, thing going on, but, uh, understanding that the grace of God is sufficient, even for me, even for today, um, in the midst of that is, uh, I, I think something that dads need to hear um mm-hmm. more often yeah um because yeah we we need to we need to hop in there and keep trying even when it and we even when it is a failure yeah <laughs> even when you know playing catch with my kids did not go the way that i was expecting it to go right <laughs> wait i thought we were playing catch what are we doing now like oh my goodness the vocabulary lesson yes <laughs> <laughs> Stay with it. Stay with it. Anyway, um, but yeah, like uh, something that I guess we want to um, prep y'all for. Anybody who's listening, um, prep y'all for be- uh, before next Sunday is is it one of the things Chris is going to talk about. We're still in Daniel. We're still going to be talking about Daniel, mm-hmm. um, uh, Daniel four, and um, but Wait. one of the things Chris is going to actually ask everyone, and I want to I want to go ahead and let y'all in on this, so you can be thinking about it yeah. before he asks, because he's going to be asking at some point in the sermon about lessons you've learned from your dad. That's, that's yeah. what he said. Mm-hmm. Lessons we learned from our dads, from our dads. So that'd be, a, I mean, that'd just be a great, if you can come with an answer, if you're going to be here on Sunday. Yeah. And even if you're not, if you can talk about it with your family, you know, while the, while the sermon's going on, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a lesson that you learned from dads, you can lead out in this and talk about a lesson that you learned from your dad. Um, or, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what your children have learned from you. Uh, I'm actually going to be grateful that I'm. So you can come prepared with both an answer and a filter. Yeah. And a filter. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Cause some of the lessons we learned is. Yep. Yep. What's the, what's the song? The country song. Uh, oh shoot. With the video. Yeah. With the video. Um, I want to. Uh, just like you or what? Shoot. Okay. Um, I would say we'd look it up, but man, no. I can't. I can't. Not get. I can't get through that one anymore. Nope. <laughs> that one. That one brings the tears pretty quickly. Brings the tears. Um, it's like just like you or something like that. The um, I can't even remember who sings it. Um, the song where where the kid is is following his dad around and we do this we do this the same we yeah you're right it. just like you i thought so dad song dad song it uh, like the kid at the end is is you know praise and the dad's like where'd you learn to talk to god like that it's like I'm, oh no sorry that was the main watching you watching you by rodney atkins yeah i almost said atkins but i didn't I think Chet Atkins was in my head, not Rodney. Um, 
but watching you. Yep. I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. Anyway, that's that's one of those ones. That and like Cinderella by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Like there's yeah. no no point in me ever listening to those songs ever again. I just don't. I don't. I don't have time to cry for no reason. Like that's just not. It's not helpful for me to be bawling in the corner in the fetal position. I'm not helping anyone at that point. Yeah. Just feeling feelings for the sake of it. I yep. hate those guys. Just while leave. we're on the topic, forever rain. Yeah. Hill song worship. Yeah. I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. <laughs> yeah, that one. That you, one. You want me to use that on Sunday? No, no. Well, it's <laughs> fine. Just. Don't do it right before I have to come up to do <laughs> to speak next. Those are always unfair yeah. when it's like, oh, now I got to put my whole composure together. Uh, but no, that was one of the ones that I I, I don't until again probably after, until I was a father that yeah. it struck in a whole nother way. I yeah, was like oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, like no, that running running to your arms. You know, there's a lot of songs in uh, uh, contemporary Christian music that get criticized for being like girlfriend songs that we just right. we talk about oh no we're talking about god not my girlfriend mm-hmm. or boyfriend or whatever um that one i think before i was a dad i kind of thought was one of those songs yeah that's and then it was like yeah. oh i'm running to your arms i'm running to your arms riches of your love will um always be enough mm-hmm. nothing compares to your embrace and i remember thinking that's one of those you know boyfriend girlfriend songs we don't need to sing that and then um, I became a dad, and I was like, "Nope, nope, that's, <laughs> that's a, a different. That's a that's a dad song. That's a mother song. That's a remembering that God actually is is ready with, you know, with His arms in the prodigal mm-hmm. story." Dad, I mean, it's just so good, but man. And I think this is what, I mean, ultimately this is what will, I'm sure Chris will close if he gets as far, um, assuming because what, what Daniel does here in four is he, um, oddly enough, starts out kind of dismayed and alarmed with this new, yeah, news. Like he's, which is, he's, he has an emotion yeah, about yeah. about the the what he's about to have to tell the king. Yeah, he did not apparently in chapter one. No, it didn't seem to be the same thing. Now he does. I don't know if now he's just grown in respect for this man. I don't know now if he's because of his favor, the Jewish people has experienced favor and he's just that's alarmed that that's very all possible yeah. end go away. I don't, I don't know. Um, or just afraid of what the uh, king will say. I mean, I know like we talked a little bit about how the other guys, the other magicians, wise men. Um, yeah. Yeah. Didn't may not have said anything because they were afraid of what, I mean, it was pretty obvious what this was yeah. even to somebody who's not. But you don't want to be the guy who tells the king this news, right? Exactly. Um, and but that doesn't seem to be Daniel's mo. No. Like he doesn't operate like, I mean, he didn't in the first time, right? Again, like mm-hmm. no, this is what it is, and it's not really good news. Um, some of it's good. Mm-hmm. You're gold, awesome. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you're a tree. This is going to be great. And then, but then I'm going to finish. And then, and then I think that is what is interesting is because. Daniel does uh, finish after this repetition of the dream, which we talked about right. probably last time or the time before about this is very 
Jewish yeah. uh, sounding yeah. Babylonian the, the, decree. The way that this is mm-hmm. told, this story is told is is repeated and repetitive yeah. um, in its elements, and so he repeats back to him either because of that fashion or because he's just making sure he know, that the king knows he understands all the parts so that right. he can put credence in the in, in its interpretation. Um, but then he actually gives counsel. It, it yeah. ends with him giving counsel to Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Um, and it's a it's a twofold thing uh, where... Which may have been a reaction to the last time because, you know, he's like, hey, there's this statue and, you know, the top is gold and then all this other stuff and then right. there's going to be a rock that crushes it and then he didn't say anything else. And so Nebuchadnezzar builds a big gold, builds a gold statue. statue. Like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got something that might stave this off for a while. Uh, here's what you should do. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, don't go cut down a tree. Because mm-hmm. of this, but I think it is super interesting in the fact that um, it. I mean, his call is to break off your sins uh, and essentially end your iniquities. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's not no stop sinning. Okay, go like right. Press play now. Keep going. Yeah. It the how you do it is coupled with something, and it is to break off your sins by doing righteous uh, deeds. Um, to consider your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed. Yes. Um, which is probably just inclusive of the poor and needy, not yes. necessarily the ones he's oppressing, but it may be both. Um, those oppressed. Those that are oppressed. And so, but this idea, and, and I think that it would be key for us, even in our understanding or conversations of of, of being a father, um, of pursuing the mm-hmm. righteous deeds that a dad should display for his children. As a um, follower of Christ. As a follower of Christ, is that this this isn't just the aversion of sin. Mm-mm. Um, this isn't just, well, I won't do this. And so it's enough. And it never works that way. Mm-mm. I mean, I remember you telling me about your, uh, um, accountability group in college, Was yeah, it college, college or high school, college, college that, that y'all focused on not just like n- telling each other what you, like the sins that you had done or anything like that. But instead of focusing on not doing those things, instead you started focusing on doing things yeah, that, were, we, <laughs> that were righteousness. It was like we were we were actually doing justice and loving mercy. Yeah, we were maturing enough to understand that we needed accountability. We just didn't understand what it was. And it was yeah. great because, again, I think it is right for confession. Right. But all of a sudden what we found ourselves doing is we would confess, you know, some sin, and then we would go a week, and then somebody else would say, well, now it's my turn to confess. And it had a lot to do with sin things. That was <laughs> last week. Now, yeah. And it's like... On one hand, I was like, well, now we're just making like communal sin. Right. Patterns. Patterns. And this isn't, and again, it doesn't, it's not that then, oh, the answer is we need to stop confessing or stop have accountability. We knew that was right. Right. We didn't know what, what to do next. And, and it was actually a, a, one of our professors um, that we approached uh, kind of with this question of like, so what, what does this look yeah. like? Um, and, and he said, he said essentially this, well, it's not that you just stop doing something. It's that you need to replace it. You need to do something instead. So if you're going to stop sin, you need to start doing right. Right. And you need to start doing right in a way that it costs something or causes you to f- reflect on it. Yeah. Um, and so we actually wrote out and uh, from his recommendations, we wrote out um, the, oh, I don't remember now, 303 or something by your done like every command of Jesus in the new Testament. Oh yeah. Um, we wrote on every command of Jesus in the new Testament. Um, and some of, and, and it basically, we just chose ones and then said, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to come back next week and we're going to kind of have to tell how did we, how did we do, do on that? Yeah. Which one would have been really interesting if it was like, you know, a command to 
take care of the little children, you know, then we had to be like, well, right. how are we going to take care of little children this week? Some yeah. As a college volunteering student. in and, the, yeah. In the children's ministry. ministry this Sunday. Uh, and, but sometimes it was just like, you know, the command was go get that donkey. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, now what are we going to do? And, uh, well, I guess we're going to try to. And so that was it is like we, and it really was, it began, began something in us that was different because now we're trying, ha- we're to. trying, we're having to focus. We're like, okay, what, and we're not just going to go get a donkey this week. So what, what does can that I mean? Yeah. Really kind of do in this and tie to it. And yeah. how can it be? And, and what we found ourselves in is the confession time yeah. of the things that we're just repeating begin to falter off. And uh, really the spurring on of one another towards good deeds. Loving good deeds. Yeah. Was what was in, was increasing. And so hopefully that, hopefully that'll be what we can reflect on as as fathers, right. as fathers together, um, and as the need for us to not just be the fathers to our own children, but to so yeah. many of the fatherless um, and spiritual oh fathers to so many others. There, and so, there's so many out there that need, like you said, um, even if they have a father, even if their father was there with them um, or still is, like they may not be actually involved or active in their lives. And and so we need that from each other. We need that. Um, and we need the spurring on towards love and good deeds uh, from each other that, I mean, I'm just so like, when I heard that um, the first time you told me that I was like, that is, that was fantastic. Like that's, that's what we need right there is, is to uh, spur each other on um, to things that are, that are good, not just tell each other not to do things. Cause you know, it, it is actually easier to, be encouraged to speak gently towards your children instead of just being told, don't yell don't at your yell kids. At your children. Yeah. Um, no, you, you have, you have that voice. You need to not just not say anything. You need to actually um, speak the truth. And that's, that's part of your role mm-hmm. is not to be silent. And so many other things, not just that, but right. um, that's, that's really good. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful we get to, to do this together. Um, and yeah, yeah, we're grateful for y'all. We hope that you, uh, are encouraged this father's day. Um, reach out to your dad, um, encourage them mm-hmm. towards loving good works, loving good deeds. Um, and I guess we'll see you on Sunday.